Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Good morning. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> um, but many of you know me as a youth pastor intern, and I've, I've been, you've seen me around, or maybe you haven't, but I'm Carter Prang, as Pastor Jane pointed out, and I'm currently a junior at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and I asked Pastor Jane for the opportunity to be able to speak on a Sunday, because it's kind of, I want it to be kind of like a capstone for kind of my year and just to kind of reflect on what's happened and just then kind of just try it out to see, see how I can't, see how it goes, see what God has for me. And just, um, yeah, so hopefully my message is as long as Pastor Dan's sermon, but I don't make any promises. But um, for scripture today, we'll be looking at Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, which I have titled um, Living Out the Gospel Story. So I'm going to read the scripture really quick and then we'll kind of hop in. So, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live while you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived in now, also all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by, we were deserving by nature, deserving of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age, ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And this scripture can often remind me of my, my life because it's the gospel story. But it, it all began kind of when I first started to understand it in the summer of 2015. I was going into ninth grade, and I went to a conference in Kansas City called the Life Conference. And it was this amazing week-long experience, and it was super impactful for me. However, the most vivid memory from the whole thing was at the end, they showed like a recap video that showed everything that had occurred during the week in like the, the typical summer camp fashion, and um, all of it was cool and all, but at the end, they had a couple people like share like, like a one sentence or two sentence kind of what they took from the week, and one guy, one of the guys at the end said something that really impacted me. It was just another high schooler like me, but what he, what he said was, um, no matter how far you go, God is always right there with you, waiting for you to turn and run back to him, and it was in that moment that I realized how important it was for me to understand this gospel message because God cares enough to not only know me, but enough that he would desire a personal relationship with me and would be willing to send his son to die on a cross for me. He was waiting for me and anyone to accept him into their life because of his great love. And people turning back to him was one of the most important things because God doesn't care where we have gone as long as we go back to him and turn from our ways and this is why the scripture does a perfect job at summing up what God did for us. So I'm going to take you through kind of the scripture and break it down into three sections. And the three sections will be, uh, the first one we will have, be looking through verses 1 through 3, and, it, and I titled it Sinful Beginnings. So in verses 1 through 3, we read, You were dead in your transgressions and sin. We were stuck in what we had done, and someone had to pay for this penalty. Because there's a cost to pay for something that we have done. In Romans 6.23, we read, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And 
we're, we're stuck, stuck where we are, and someone, someone's got to pay. And a way I really like that I've heard that explains the immense weight of our sin and our debt is just imagine you have a rock, and that rock, say you scratch it, right? No biggie. It's a rock. It doesn't have that much value. No one's going to get upset if you scratch a rock. Now, say you scratch a 2001 tan Nissan Maxima. Now, not, although it's not worth a lot, someone's going to be a little more upset, and there's going to be more of a debt to pay for that. And then say you scratch a Lamborghini, a very expensive car. You're going to have to pay way more to get it fixed and have a greater debt. And now you go all the way up, and you slap the creator of the universe. That, that's a lot. Like, you are, um, this is what we do kind of every time we're sinned because we tell God, get lost. I, I can do this. I know what's right. I know what I should be doing. And we, we know what's best. And this often takes place out of our arrogance and pride. And, but using this kind of frame, framework, I, I kind of began to understand the seriousness of sin and the weight of it because it's much more valuable than scratching a rock. It's... There's a lot of debt that we, that we have to pay that's practically impossible, except. Um, but we, we all live all too often out the cravings and desires of the flesh, like it says in verse 3. We deserve such a great penalty and had no way out and no hope because we are incapable of making things right with a just God because the debt was too great. We were in desperate need of a Savior. So because of our sinful mi- mi- beginnings, God decided to intervene. This is why the story is miraculous, because the Bible doesn't end here. Like, we could be stuck where we're at and no hope, no future, no nothing. We'd be very much stuck. And that's the amazing part is just the New Testament and all that it brings. But that, because of our sinful beginnings, it brings us to a point of intervention. And that's what the second, the second section of our scripture today will be looking at. So in verses 4 through 7 we read, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And the part that stuck out to me the most was God, who is rich in mercy, is the most powerful part because it should have been over. Like It, it was very much tilted not in our favor. We were destined to lose because we had no way no way out. But because of God and his immense mercy, he stepped down from heaven to be born a virgin to take place of our sin. He chose to sacrifice himself because of the great love that God has for us. It's not only the coolest part of the gospel story, it's the coolest part not only because of the great hope which it instills in my heart, but the incredible life that Jesus lived and the history behind it. As my faith has matured, I have loved doing more research about the historicity of the Gospels and just how we know historically that Jesus rose from the dead and how important Jesus was for us. Because I think it's just the coolest thing, the fact that we are basing our entire faith on a man that lived that we can verify and just that the of life that he lived was so miraculous. He became the perfect sacrifice and he took our place intervenes so that we wouldn't be separated from God. He paid the debt that we could not because he was the only one capable of living a perfect life. And this, this great sacrifice is just immense. Like it, The weight of it is insane because 
he was willing to step down from heaven to do this for us. He, they, he didn't have to. He, he chose to willingly because of his great love for us, which um, it just goes to show that because of Jesus, it's, it's what makes it all possible. So um, for the third, um, the third section is the verses 8 through 10. So in verse 8, we read, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. We often forget that we are not the ones who cause us to be saved. We oftentimes think, oh, if I do good or live good, I'll be able to make things right, and I don't have to do, I can just do as best I can, and hopefully that'll be good enough. But we could never do anything to pay for that debt. Because God sending Jesus was the only thing that could pay that debt. And I've learned from my college ministry, the salt company at UNL, and one of the things that, really stuck, that they told us that really um, stuck with me was just that um, the only thing that we provided for our salvation is the sin that made it necessary in the first place. So I, I really like that because it just goes to show that we could offer nothing, we could give nothing, but God was the only one that was, could be willing to give us what we needed even though we couldn't pay anything ourselves. So, when um, there's nothing we could do, and this is why it's so important to us, for us to remember what Jesus has done for us each and every day. And after we say, are saved from God, God doesn't see us as we, as we were, but sees us clean and blameless. Because uh, another thing that Salt Company taught me, <laughs> um, they, uh, a speaker that I listened to, he, he said uh, that Satan knows you by your name and calls you by your sin, but Jesus knows you by your sin, but calls you by your name. And I, I think that's really great because just how God views us, not as rotten sinners that we are, but God sees us as new people. And a really good story that uh, someone told me recently about um, how we can understand how God views us in that light is there's two friends, and they are, um, they like, driving around on and mudding, if you guys know what that means. It's a pretty much a term used by kids that are younger that when they drive their car or truck on muddy road or muddy, muddy ground or some sort of that kind. And there were these two friends who decided to go drive around and they end up driving around on the, one of the friend's front lawns and they, they absolutely tear it up and they destroy every part of it and the it's just a mess. Like there, there's no grass, no turf, no, nothing left. All the flowers, the lilies, everything's gone. But they realized after what they had done that they're gonna have to fix this mess. Like they, they really got themselves stuck. And so the one friend says that he's gonna take on the blame, and he's gonna tell the other friend's dad. He's he says I'm I'll I'll fess up. I'll tell him. But since it's night, it's dark out. We'll we'll wait till the morning, and then we'll talk to them. So they go to bed. And while they're asleep, it snows. So they get up, and the friend says to the, other, the, the friend's dad, and he says, Sir, like, I, I really messed up your lawn last night. I got carried away driving in my off-road vehicle. And the dad said, Okay, let's, let's just go see, see the damage. Let's see what all you did. Let's see how messed up you got the yard. So they, they go outside and look at the damage. And when they go outside, the yard looks perfect. 
there's a blanket of white, clean snow. And the, the, the kid goes, no, it's right under there. Under the snow, that's where all the damage is. And the dad, the dad goes, I, I don't see any issue here. It, it doesn't matter what's under the, the... I don't see any problem. There's snows there. There's nothing under it. There's no issue. But the, the kid's like, but, the, but it's underneath all the snow is what I messed up. But the dad says, no, you're, don't, don't worry about it. Like, nothing, there's snow. Like, I don't see any issue. You didn't do anything, so you're good. You don't have to worry about what's underneath the snow anymore. And just, I really like that story because it shows that God doesn't care what's under the snow. He, he cares what Jesus did for us in the blanket of snow, that the forgiveness, the redemption of Christ that that offered for us, and just how, how redeeming that that redemption from Christ is and just the white we are washed white as snow because of what Christ did for us and to kind of practically talk about what this this good news in these these three sections I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a strategy to go about it because I know most of you probably are have a, a developed strategy but I wanted to look walk through a little bit of what the covenant denomination likes to use when the talking about the gospel like Literally at camp yesterday, I went to counselor training, and we talked about the four circles of salvation, which I'm going to quickly go through. I would have, I guess there's no slides today, but I had a picture that had, that had them all there, so it makes it easier, so, but, I'll, but I'll do my best to describe each one of them. So, and the first, the first one we have, created for good, because in the beginning, God created us for good, and after he created each thing, he said it was good. But after we created man, he said, now this is very good. Because at the beginning, God created us for good. Because we were initially created that way because we were good in God's eyes and we were created in his image. But we were damaged by evil. And this evil corrupted us, separated us from God and others. And the sin that was in our lives now um, um, separated us so that we could not have relationship with God because we were cut off because of this sin. So that's the second circle. So the first circle is just um, us with God. The second circle is just us broken, the broken relationships and the and the um, damage that we had by the evil. And we we let sin into the picture and we rebelled against God. We were arrogant and we like in verses one through three we were. Um, in deep in our sins, and we just couldn't get out. We were stuck. But the third circle is redeemed for good. And in the circle, it has two little stick figures with a cross in the middle because Jesus dying on the cross wipes the slate clean for us like the snow. And we are then healed because of Jesus' redeeming love, and we are restored to God because of it. But then the part that I like is the fourth circle. In the fourth circle, it talks about how we were sent out to heal. So not only did we stop after we were redeemed by Jesus, we then went out to help tell other people about this same message and the same Jesus that we have been so affected by and our lives have been changed and telling other people the good news. And Because we have such an amazing God that has done so much for each of us. And this week, it'll be two weeks since Easter occurred. And I know I've already begun to forget the implications of what all occurred on Easter, the great hope and joy we have because of Easter. And the amount of grace God has deserved us, given us, deserves praise all year long, not just during the Super Bowl time of the Christian season. And 
but we have to be constantly looking out for opportunities to share this good news. One of my friends and I like to go on campus and ask people about their religious beliefs, and you'd be surprised at how many people will say that they've never heard the gospel story and heard this good news yet, because it's, there's so many more people than we realize that haven't seen it. And just looking for these opportunities, because we all have places that God has put us to speak the gospel to people around us. It may be uncomfortable, it may make us nervous, and I know it makes me nervous to tell people, because you're worried about the, what the conversation might occur, but I feel like eternity is worth a little uncomfortable and a little um, sweat. So we just, I just hope we can take advantage of some of these opportunities that God gives us in our lives. Like I had an opportunity a few days ago with a classmate of mine who I was preparing this sermon on campus and he walked up to me because we always hang out or he always comes up and asks me what I'm working on because we have a bunch of classes together. And I go, oh, I'm working on my sermon about the gospel. And he goes, what's that? So I had a perfect opportunity to not only practice what I'm talking and preaching today, but to be able to share with someone else just the amount of hope and to, what, to share what God has done from us and, and what God has done for my life. So I just want to um, just kind of remind us of that, the fact that God, the, the greatness of what God has done for us and just how God has intervened and how it's because of Jesus we can have this eternal hope and just how, how good God is. So, let's pray. Dear God, I just want to thank you for today and just for the opportunities for us to gather to hear from your word and just that we would remember what you've done for us and just how we were stuck and you came and you, you flipped the script and were able to make us right with you, God. So I thank you so much for sending your son because of the way he lived, taught, died, and rose from the dead, God. I just thank you for this opportunity for us to be able to have relationship with you. And I just pray a blessing over our weeks this week as we look for real opportunities to be able to share this gospel with so many people in our lives that we, that we see on a, base, a weekly basis or that we can reach out to, God. So I pray that we put those names on their hearts, on everyone here, that we'd be able to reach out to those people this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you are able to join us in worship again soon. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church programs and events, head to bccwaverly.org.